Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Happy Friday to you. Uh, weekend could be a long weekend for some of you with Martin Luther King Day on Monday. And uh, actually, I need to write that down in my notes that i got to take care of the holiday life. So remind me later, Allie. Allie is producing the show today. Hi, Allie. Hello, Andy. So if you call into the show on this open line Friday, the first voice you hear will usually be hers, not mine. She's going to get your first name and the topic for which you are uh, interested in talking about. Uh, this is a fairly new addition, but uh, Allie, I think, is up to the task. Thank you, Allie, for, uh, for uh, doing that. Well, you're welcome, and I'm glad to do it. We are going to talk to, uh, today. i got three main topics I want to talk about, and, and, of course, we'll talk about what you want to talk about on Open Line Friday at 673-5890. We'll also hear from Seth and Seth's Corner here in just a moment. Uh, let's see, Dixie Name. There's a new editorial out in the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, I do not like it. I think it's, uh, it's uh, somebody trying to take an angle on something that they don't know anything about. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll also talk uh, today about the uh, city council. We've got uh, a, an, an opening for mayor, and the city council is going to decide. Not you. The people you elected are going to pick a new mayor for you. And uh, so an interesting list of candidates, including a former mayor who was a very popular and longtime mayor of this city. In fact, before John Pike, it was it was him, and uh, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Some city council people involved with that, uh, and then we'll talk about censorship and what's happening in this world right now to silence the conservative voice, uh, and why there there's going to be lawsuits and there's you know basically. Facebook, Twitter, some of those uh, have operated under the guise of a private corporation and not a media company, and therefore they can censor whoever they want. They can do whatever they want, and uh, that's it's it's kind of like uh, you know having your cake and eating it too. As the old saying goes, they're the ones that said, "Hey, we can say whatever we want. We're a private corporation. We don't have to operate under the rules of media." And yet, they're, they are become media. They are media now. They, they are the biggest media out there. You ask, uh, I think the latest poll is like 79 or 89 or something percent of people get their news from Facebook or Twitter. It's a big number. That's the first place people look when they're looking for news. And so uh, you know, the censorship is alarming, you know, that, that not just that they've shut down uh, the president of the United States, that they've shut down anybody that puts anything controversial, especially about the election. They get banned or suspended from from Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and then you have a whole separate issue, but kind of the same, was the shutdown of Parler, the uh, the servers, the giant servers owned by Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So we're not going to host Parler anymore. And they basically shut it down. And that's... That, uh, again, is a, a situation where you have a liberal-type attitude shutting down a conservative voice. That's not what this country is about. This country is about everybody having a voice. And unless, you know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, that's what they always tell you in journalism school. You can't stand in a crowded theater and yell fire because it'll create a stampede. Yeah, but you can tell everybody that there might be a fire and everybody please leave. Uh, you know, it, it's it to me, it's a, a frustrating situation. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Right now, though, let's bring Seth in here for Seth's Corner. Seth, good morning. How are you? Yes, how about we start off with knock-knock? Oh, here we go. And who's there? 
Old soldiers. Old soldiers who? Old soldiers never die. They just fade away. And uh, 22 soldiers die, 22 to 24, each day during this program. One of our veterans will perish. That is that is that is not a funny joke. That is sad, Seth. It is, and uh, let me apologize right up front that Mike McGarry got tired of me speaking about veterans, and I hope that doesn't happen again. But um, only ten percent of our population has ever served in the military, and so. Uh, but the people that listen to this program are veterans, their wives, their children, their mothers, their dads. And so actually it, it impacts probably a larger percentage of this audience than you would on a, another kind of venue. And so last time we talked, uh, what day was that when you had the uh, veteran on? Uh, I want to say Wednesday. Okay, Uh, you let me finish up the program. I could probably talk for days about this. And as a matter of fact, anybody, I am not a professional VA. I just talk from my experiences over the last 40 years with the VA. Okay. And so last time I mentioned, I, I, I talked about signing up. A person, a veteran, he has to have a DD-214 discharge paper. And if you don't have that, you can go through the system and get a duplicate. Now, once you have that, you can either go in person behind the mall down that road with a stoplight on a past the burger joints and, and uh, down that road and to the uh, left is Ventana and you'll see uh, flags up in the air. You can go into that building and they will give you the proper papers, help you fill it out. And if you're capable, you can go online and do the same kind of thing and you will receive, you need a photograph You'll receive a VA card in uh, in the mail, and uh, once you hold that card, you can be admitted to any VA facility worldwide. So it's a big deal, and unfortunately, people don't follow through with that, and as many of us were discharged, they never bothered to tell us about these things. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that are misinformed, and then once you have the card, and they should schedule you for a physical exam. And at the same time, you probably need to ask for hearing uh, consult also, because most of the soldiers and pe- people that have served in the military have two major items. They have a hearing loss in both ears, and they have something called tinnitus, and I may have been saying that incorrectly, a hearing loss. And then with the card and with the appointment and with the doctor's consent, you're also in, in, uh, uh, allowed to have, um, uh, but, but like the hearing, you have to ask for these things. Right. They don't volunteer them. Because their job is to not you kind, of, kind of protect their, their, their group they're in from having to spend too much money. I know what you're saying. Exactly. Um, so... 
diabetic shoes are available, diabetic socks, hearing aids, medication, prosthetics, treat, uh, every kinds of different kinds of treatments, and uh, counseling and psychiatric uh, uh, services available at the clinic. They have a team of social workers that can deal with housing and homelessness and all kinds of things that end up in this batch of suicidal kind of things that are going on, and that there are different, there is another organization, not necessarily at the clinic, it's at the vet center. Now, the vet center is designed for PTSD, combat soldiers, MST, uh, military sexual trauma, which more of that has gone on than you can possibly imagine. And the people out on Dixie Drive, on South Dixie Drive, specialize in PTSD. They have groups. They have medications. They have... Uh, specialized treatment and uh, things that most people have never heard of. Let me give you it. It's on. It's um, the vet center is uh, telephone number six seven three four four nine four, and uh, they have marriage counseling because veterans often have difficulty with marriages and 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 behaviors they learned which may not be appropriate in a relationship and for advanced PTSD or, or military sexual assault um, there's something called EMDR that involves recalling the event that caused this thing and then tracking it with your eyes and tapping with your foot in, in a syncopation kind of thing that is like therapy on steroids. In a few months, a person can, can be desensitized to the things that have been underlying, leading to the suicidal and inappropriate behavior. So they and uh, they I've even... tried all kinds of different approaches, and this EMDR is especially, and it's an acronym, and I really don't know what the letters mean, but it's it's like a miracle in treatment and therapy combined, along with groups and other kinds of things with that. And so um, I'm going to give my telephone number because, like I say, I... I could talk about this, and there's additional things, and I'll talk another time about how a person from hearing loss and from tinnitus and from other things, exposures that a person can receive anywhere from $150 for 10% disability up to $1,500 or $2,000 per month based on the rank and time and service. Okay, what's your number, Seth? Uh, 574-2801. I'm in the book. I'm one of the few Stintons listed in the book up in the Central. Okay, very good. Thank you, Seth. Great to talk to you today. And thank you so much. I, I hope the veterans who have been denied uh, on numerous occasions throughout their life will go to and find that VA card and your eligibility is is part of your payment 
for the service you've rendered our country. Yes, very much. Very, very good. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. We had uh, Joe Whitaker on earlier this week. Joe was a guy who committed, who who thought about committing suicide for forty years. Every day he thought about it. He's like, "Why am I here? How can I? I can't live with what I remember, with what I experienced in Vietnam." Ended up writing a book called "The Day Before I Died," and uh, so. Um, I highly recommend the book. It's a five-star book, folks. You go online and look at the reviews. They're all five-star reviews because uh, this guy takes a little piece of his personal history, something you can relate to if you've had any of these kinds of experiences, and uh, and shared it with you. So, uh, And by the way, it's linked on our website and uh, on our Facebook page, 890kdxu.com is the website if you want to learn more about that. I think over on line three, uh, I didn't catch a name, but we've got uh, someone that uh, has a, uh, wants to talk about this. Yeah, go ahead. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. All right. Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the veterans. I go to the veterans hospital to visit people mm-hmm. I know. Uh, I'm a veteran. But I receive, uh, I, I have a hearing problem. I was in an engineering group, joined in Provo, Utah. Uh, however, I served during peacetime, so I'm like uh, zero qualified for oh. any kind of veterans benefits, which uh, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, so, a lot of us get accused of uh, not serving during wartime. Well, that's not my fault. That's right. That's right. Number you, one. You served. Uh, number two, uh, in the 50s, uh, you everybody was drafted unless you had a physical ailment. That's right. Uh but if you got, you could get a college deferment, which Romney and I and a lot of people did. We got a college deferment. But we realized through hearing other experiences, if you went on an LDS mission, as soon as you were released from your mission, you got drafted. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So a lot of us joined uh, what then was a six months active duty, um, and then five and a half years reserve. But yeah, I they told me go to the veterans and uh, you'll get some help. Yeah. With your hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Totally untrue. Oh, that's too totally bad. untrue. That's too bad. Because. I served during peacetime. peacetime. Well, I'm glad I served because I loved it. And we anyway, appre- thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. We appreciate your service as well. I think that, uh, you know, if you haven't thanked a veteran, you see a veteran, you haven't thanked a veteran, get out there and thank them, folks, because uh, it's like, like he said, it's not his fault he served during peacetime, but he did serve, and he went out there and served our country and, and did what was for the good of the, of the good old USA. All right, uh Today or yesterday, I discovered this editorial. It was written actually yesterday and published in the Salt Lake Tribune, the Salt Lake Tribune website. Uh, it came off to me as very condescending 
uh, it's, it's the author is the editorial Salt Lake Tribune editorial board. Now I've been in newspaper my whole life. I can tell you what that means. Somebody wrote the editorial. And they wrote the editorial, and then they submitted it to the board. Somebody on, somebody on staff wrote it. They submitted it to the board. Big papers like the Tribune probably have guys that that's all they do is write for the editorial board. Uh, the editorial board then supposedly reads it. Some do, some don't. And uh, and then they approve it. And they, they might make a tweak or two, but then they approve it. And, uh, and then it is published in the paper that next day or sometime during that uh, that next week. So... In the Salt Lake Tribune was a uh, an editorial, and you can look at it yourself. Tribune editorial, go to sltrib.com uh, on the editorial page. It says, time for Dixie State University to get a new name. They start off their editorial with a quote from one of my favorite movies. It's uh, Enigo Montoya, and he was referring to Vicini, who always used to use the word inconceivable. Uh, and he said, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Now, this person who wrote this editorial, and again, they're anonymous. They're just uh, under the guise of, of Salt Lake Tribune editorial board, talks about Dixie, the name Dixie. And they, re- they use that quote as an application to the name Dixie toward us, those of us that think the Dixie name is great, those of us that think the Dixie name needs to stay. And they're saying to us, in that, and I'll read some more from the article here in a second. They're basically saying you don't understand that Dixie is offensive to most of the country, and in particular, people of color. And uh, for them, for them to say that to us is like, no, you don't understand what Dixie really means. And they're like, well, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It does mean what we think it means. And not only that, their assertion, and they say in this article that Dixie means uh, throughout the country uh, racism, slavery, uh, you know, the South uh, being uh, biased against the African-American. That's what they're saying Dixie Dixie means. Now, this is coming from, again, an editorial board in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, I would challenge you, and I don't know who's on that board, but I will tell you this. There's a pretty good chance nobody on that editorial board ever lived in southern Utah or in the southern part, southeastern part of our United States. So they're coming at it from, uh, again, we we go with the uh, educated elite, I like to call them. These are the folks that the academic elite, they think that they know more than we do. They think they know what's best for us. And, uh, you know, I've been holding back on this a little bit because I, I, I think there are a lot of people who have a lot to say about this who can say it maybe more eloquently, eloquently than I or maybe perhaps just are more passionate than I. But when I read this article, I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, here, here's what Tribune said. They said, once it gets beyond it, Dixie might meet something different in St. George, but once it gets beyond the borders of Utah, quote, the widespread interpretation of the term Dixie is that it is a relic of slavery and racism. Really? Now, I lived in Texas. I never lived in the southeast, but I lived in Texas. And I can tell you in the south that this is not what Dixie means. Dixie is a place. Dixie is a, a feeling of friendliness, of love, of inclusion. When you pull off the side of the road in in Dixie, in the southern part of the United States, pull off the side of the road, the very first car, and the second, and the third, 
and until they found out you don't need help. The very first car is going to stop and say, hey, y'all, y'all okay? Anything I can do to help y'all? Now, we moved from Texas to Utah in 1980, my family, and uh, not long after that, we had some car troubles on the side of the road. And guess what? We sat there on the side of the road by ourselves for an hour. Not one car on this busy highway stopped to see if we need help. And so, it to me, Dixie, right, way back then, Dixie meant help. It meant you know friendliness. This isn't an indictment on Utah. I think Utah's a great place. I love it here. I live here. This is what where I have chosen to spend my life. But it, for them to say that Dixie is about racism and slavery. Because they think that's what it's about because they're an educated person in Salt Lake City, Utah, is beyond the pale. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we, you know, Dixie was called Dixie because it was a place that in southern Utah in which, we, you know, the, the church leaders had sent the pioneers down here to try to raise cotton and other things that would benefit uh, this little bit of wilderness that they carved uh, some civilization out of. Um, Later on in this column, they talk about uh, that people who went to Dixie or are Dixie fans are ashamed or afraid or troubled at wearing Dixie paraphernalia in other parts of the country. I would ask you to, to give me one, just one, I want one person to tell me that that's actually happened. Oh, yeah, I was in, uh, I was in Denver at the Mint. And uh, I had my Dixie shirt on and somebody made fun of me. They called me a racist. Really? No, that didn't happen. I was in North Dakota. I was, I, was, I was going to see Mount Rushmore and I had my Dixie State shirt on and somebody yelled at me because I'm evil. <laughs> no, that, that didn't happen. I was in New York City and I had a Dixie State shirt on and uh, somebody stopped me and they condemned me and they threatened me because I was wearing Dixie's on my chest. It's it's not true. That is absolutely untrue. Uh, Dixie, uh, well, not having Dixie State University on your shirt or on your resume isn't going to keep you from getting a job. It's not. Having Dixie recruit you as an athlete, it's not going to make a person go, I'm not going there because of that name. I've known dozens and dozens of African-American athletes and white athletes who came to Dixie, and they came to Dixie because it was an opportunity for them to further their athletic career. It was an opportunity for them to get better. It was an opportunity for them to get part or all of their education paid for. And for, for the Salt Lake Tribune to make this assertion, it, it's just another example of the Wasatch Front thinking they know what's best for St. George. It's like they're mommy and daddy and we're the kids and we don't know any better. We're uneducated, we're, we're young, we're stupid, we're ignorant down here in southern Utah. That's the attitude, once again, I get from the folks up in Salt Lake City in the Wasatch Front. I know our legislators, and I'm not going to bring any name into it, but our legislators from down here go up to there and they feel it every day. I mean, you want to talk about prejudice. How about the prejudice of all these big city academic elites in Salt Lake City and a few that actually go to school or teach school right here in southern Utah? How about them, you know, prejudiced against what Dixie is to us? That's the real tragedy here. Time to take a weather break and then we'll take your calls when we get back. 
If you would like to be a part of Open Line Friday, love to have you here at 673-5890. That's our KDXU studio line. Allie will be the voice you hear to start things off. Allie is my producer. Allie, thank you again for producing the show today. Good to have you along. You are welcome. And uh, if you call again, uh, it's Open Line. So we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. It might be uh, the Dixie name. Uh, it might be, say, I don't know, uh, censorship in America. <laughs> I actually have a little sound clip I want to play on that here in, in just a moment. Uh, or it, it, it might be uh, any number of other issues. I had a couple I wanted to talk about. But uh, as always, I defer to you as uh, we uh, as we get going here on the program. It's 937 on KDXU. Again, I had a little diatribe there about the Dixie Dame, and, and I think the Salt Lake Tribune, as usual, treating St. George like we're a bunch of little kids. Uh, that happens. And uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's go to the phone lines. We have a couple of people calling. So we, uh, we will first of all go to... I have to unlock my phone. It didn't recognize me. All right, Brent on line one. Brent, how's it going? Really good, Andy. How are you this morning? Good. Thank you for calling today. Good. I'd just like to make a little point about the Dixie name. Sure. It's it's pretty common that everybody agrees that St. George is one of the fastest-growing areas in the country, right? Yeah. We have a Dixie up on the hill, and we have a D on the hill. Yes, and that do. does not stop people from moving here, does it? No, it does not. And I don't think the Dixie name is going to stop people from coming to college here. Any different. Well, you know, to, um, go, to go along with what you're saying as far as the Dixie, the St. George growing, this, the university that has the Dixie name on it has been growing like crazy. I, I don't know anybody that, oh, I'm not going to go there because it's Dixie. Well, and if they do choose that, that's their freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree. Uh, if somebody want, doesn't want to come here because of that name, they certainly have that choice. But I think what this is, unfortunately, is people giving in to the po- political correctness again. Mm-hmm. That's just one more word going out of our freedom of speech, and it's one word at a time. We're just losing those freedoms one word at a time, giving in to the left and the freedom of speech. And that really bothers me. I, it, we do it for the wrong reasons. We we just need to stand up and say enough is enough. Well said. All right. So, thank you, Brent. Anyway, thank you. I agree with you on that. Thank, thank you. you. All right. See you later. Uh, it's another word. It's it's cancel culture. What is it? Woke that they like to. I'm woke, so I I understand that people in St. George, Utah, are a bunch of racists because I'm woke. That's that's what I keep hearing online. And, you know, it's it's funny. I have a relative of mine who actually works for Dixie State and uh, and she is relatively liberal. And even she was like, well, we might be overreacting a little bit on this one, Uh, you know, and and (laughs) I was just like, so even the ones that are supposed to be offended by this are going, well, maybe not. Uh, that that ought to be a little bit of an indication to you right there that uh, maybe we're maybe we're crossing the line a little too far on this one and I really I mean I respect the guys that are on the board of trustees that uh, you know th- that that voted I, I really respect them as people and I think they're smart people uh, you know Dave Clark I mean just a great guy uh, John Pike you know I mean these these are people that that have been around, you know, been around the block. They've been educated both academically and in, in the school of life. Uh, but somebody, 
somebody got to them and said and got them to drink the Kool-Aid of why the name should change. And I, I still don't. And I've heard their arguments. And, you know, I guess in their mind, th- those arguments are good enough to make that vote. But I just I, I'm not there. I, I don't see it. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, hey, this is uh, Don. Right. Don, what's up? Uh, just uh, calling about a couple of things. One, the Northern Corridor, but also the Dixie name. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that slap in the face to all the the people in this community that have the Dixie spirit. That you know, we're we're buying into the ignorance of the woke left mm-hmm. and what their opinion is of us is, and they're basically saying that our opinion of you is this. And by us changing the name, they're proving us right that we were those people they think we were because we had to change the name because it was so terrible and giving into that stuff is is basically um is is just re instituting the lie and saying that this is what it really is yeah and, and that's the part that really irritates me the most uh and and I, i'm sorry but your opinion of of dave clark and of of the past mayor i i, I have a completely different opinion of both those gentlemen okay i mean anybody would take it a knee for antifa hmm. Is, is not somebody I, I really trust to change the name of, of institutions that are in my community that I pay for. Okay. I mean, that, these are things that just really bug me to the core. They're saying that you are these awful people, and you will change your ways because we say you're these awful people, and we're really not. We are, like, the best of the best in this community is what keeps people coming here. People want to move here because of the Dixie spirit. And, and you're right. If, if we give up, if we say, all right, you can have this one, it's basically, like you said, it's, it's saying you were right, and, and we can't do that. Well, exactly, but, but not only that, but, but now it, it, it just ingratiates themselves to say, okay, we got away with that. What else can we shove down their throats that they will abide to? What is the next thing we could do to them to actually change the thought, the speech, the way that you guys do things to get you to comply with our woke mentality, which is actually a mental disorder as far as I'm concerned. You cannot tell somebody that you know is, is that's, that you're telling a lie to that this is now the truth. Everybody knows it's a lie. It's in plain day uh, of light, and they're still telling you that it's something different than what it is, and it's not. It's still a pure lie, yeah. and I won't abide to a lie. Good for you. I never will. I never could. Draw a line in the sand. I love it. Thank you, Don. But, but the other thing I was on about was yeah. the, the Northern Corridor. I mean, Eric Clark, thank you so much for finally getting this thing done. I mean, it's this community is to the point of, of breaking because there's you can't get down the streets anymore because there's no overflow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Kind of like a belt route. We needed it. Well, yeah, it, it needed, needed to come sooner than later. And they were talking about, you know, a 20-year plan uh, a couple years ago. I was like, you mean like five-year plan or less? Yeah. This isn't like a 20-year plan. We're, we're at the, the point of busting at the seams if we don't get this done now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Don. Appreciate it, Andy. Good to talk to you today. Uh, yeah, kind of a, a little known, kind of slipped underneath everybody's radar was the approval was given on the northern quarter, a tentative go-ahead to get this thing done. And, and you know, what, what, what Don was talking about, 20-year plan, uh, I think the 20-year plan was based on old numbers. I think the new numbers tell us the growth is unbelievable. We better we better get with some of these projects that need to be done. All right, uh, looks like in line one next. No, line one just hung up. So let's go to line three and Steve. Steve, what's going on today? Hi, good morning, Andy. Morning. 
A couple of things, just a little housekeeping first. Uh, I didn't try to call yesterday, and so whatever that, uh, uh, you know, the uh, changing of the voice on your system, uh, apparently we still have the problem because that wasn't me yesterday. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it was somebody with a flip phone, but I really think it's kind of... Uh, derogatory to, to claim us us uh, flip phone users are part no, of no 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 I no I do not want to discriminate against you guys I <laughs> thought we had the problem solved and actually it seems like most of the time it does still work but anyway yeah go ahead yeah and then the second thing is uh, I agree with uh, you know your comments today on the show were really great and uh, the callers that have called in I just want to add my voice to uh, you know everything that's been said. Uh, most of it's, uh, or actually, it's all spot on. But my, the reason I called was about uh, Kenny, uh, Mayor Kenny, yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, City. Yep. He, yeah, he had you know a lot of things to say, and so did his guest, you know, from the uh, Chamber of Commerce. And mm-hmm. so Kenny ended the show with, "He wants to be the mayor. He, he wants to be known as the mayor who helps people." What does that mean? And who is he going to help people? Whose money is he going to use to help these people? You know, he talked about subsidizing, uh, subsidizing housing. Well, that's not really the role of government is to uh, take money from other people and subsidize others to uh, live in, in their apartments. If they can't afford to live there, then, you know, maybe they need to figure out something else but not look to the government for uh, for solutions. And so I would just, and, and I wish I could have talked to Kenny, but um, I didn't call him yesterday. Uh, I'd like to ask him, he wants to help people, but why Why does he want to use our money to help other people? I don't believe that's ethical. I don't think it's moral. And I know it's not the proper role of government. You know, his reaction was uh, was to one of the comments I made. And, and that's, a, you know, I, I said something like, uh, you know, subsidized housing is good if it's people who are trying. But, you know, I, I said something like, well, what about those that, you know, won't get a job, that aren't interested in trying, that are that are trying to get a, a, an easy ride of it? And he, he corrected me very quickly. He said, I want to be known as a governor that helps people. So I know what you're talking about. Well, look, we all want to help each other, but it's not the role of government. That's why we're in this mess right now is because, look, Biden's talking about putting another $2 trillion into the economy. Yes, yes. That money isn't real. And if the money that they do have through taxation comes from the hardworking people that are the makers and not the takers. And I would just ask Mayor Kenny to uh, reevaluate what his proper role as a mayor is. I'm really sure it's not to partner with uh, various corporations so that they can dip into the uh, government's pocket, which, by the way, is ours, and to spend our money without our consent and without our agreement. And so... Uh, and this holds up true to, to everybody, the president, the governor, it doesn't matter. They have no idea what their role is. And I suggest that we, we go back to the beginning and define for them what the proper role of government is. And I assure you it's not handing out free stuff to people who they, they may need it or maybe they're loafing. That doesn't matter. It's our money that's being taken from us mm-hmm. and giving to other people. That's immoral. Yeah, and I think what's happening now uh... – Steve, is that they're trying to shift what the government's role is. They're, they're not just wanting to use the government to help people, but they're wanting to use the government to make us a, a, a socialist society where that's what government is. And that really leads right back to the Dixie name. Here we have a bunch of uh, legislature, legislators that are going to decide here in the next couple of weeks whether or not we can call our community and our university the name that we've chosen. 
they they're smarter than us, just like you said. Yeah. That was really your your uh, you called it a diatribe, I think, or whatever. But but it was it was spot on. And so thank you very much for that, and I'll continue to listen. All right, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, I uh, that's that to me. That's one of the biggest problems. Is is yeah, they're they're they don't know the role of government, but they're not only don't know it or or maybe don't care, but they're trying to change it now. And they're trying to make the government the government of uh, of the people in which the people get everything for free, <laughs> except you and I. We're paying for all that. All right, got to get a commercial break in, and we've got two folks on hold, so please be patient. We will get to your phone calls as soon as we come back. Real quick note about Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney, uh, show sponsor and uh, a great customer service guy. Give Joe a call at 435-590-6300. Phenomenal numbers online. And, again, you can say, well, only certain people go online. Only people that like the service are going to review it. That's not true. I know a lot of people who leave a lot of negative reviews. Joe has 504, yeah, 505 reviews now online. His average is a phenomenal 4.92 out of five stars. Stars. That's it. That's really good, folks. Uh, so uh, if you have a loan need, whether it's a, a car loan, a home loan, a, a refi, a home equity line, whatever it might be, give Joe a call. He'll not only do the loan for you, but he'll make sure that you're in the loop, that you're there all the way along the way. He doesn't uh, doesn't leave you hanging. It's 435-590-6300. Back in uh, two minutes. Good morning to you. 951 KDX2. Last eight minutes or so of the program. Let's go right to the phone lines. Thank you for being patient. Leon on line four. How are you? Hi. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Oh, good. Hey, you're fired up today. I uh, a little bit, yeah. Last week, last week you were kind of docile. You didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> anyway, a uh, couple of questions, and I'll get off the air. Okay. You can address them or get someone else to address it. Number one is, didn't we have uh, a committee that was formed, oh, 10 years ago or so, that that they wanted to talk about the, the Dixie name and everything and we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, lots of money, on having it done, and it was taxpayer dollars, of course. Yeah. And then, um, and then we're doing it again. I know we have a greater influx of people from California and other places. Everybody wants to live here. I came here 20, oh, 25, 30 years ago from San Diego area. Uh-huh. I left there, you know, and came over here, and so I've. I've been around. I lived in the uh, Midwest, and so I, I've got an idea. And I lived in the Dixie area, and yeah, you've got people that are prejudiced. You got people that are, you know, don't like it or don't like whatever. But the majority of the people in the South are really nice. And you're right. There's a lot of people here in Utah that complain about that kind of stuff. But I've been stuck on the road also. And I didn't get very many people to stop right away. But, uh, you know, once in a while, somebody stopped and helped me along. But it's not like over there, you know. People are really super friendly. Okay, the other thing is, you know, during this this whole situation in 2020, Utah, the majority of Utah people voted in Romney. And Romney, to me, has been very disappointing. Yeah. Because he has not done a thing for Utah, but he sure likes to complain about the uh, outgoing president. Yes, he does. And and it's just it's just it just rubs me wrong because I voted for him when he was running against Obama, 
And ever since, and just because the majority of the people who live here belong to a particular church, which I belong to, uh, they want to vote them in. It's like, come on. So, you know, the people themselves, you know, are have some fault in this. And uh, the Dixie name, geez, come on. Why do people have to? I mean, there's heritage here, people that came from the South, and they put roots here. And, you know, that Dixie sign and everything else, you know, it's been here before they even moved in or came down to teach at the college. So, you know, that's crazy. They're going to say that, oh, you know, I'm from Dixie, and so I'm ashamed, or they're going to shame me or whatever. That's bogus. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leon. Appreciate you calling today. It sounds like a choir going on in back, a little choir practice in the background there or something. But, uh, yeah, good points from Leon. Uh, basically, uh, well, you know, we're getting trampled right now here in southern Utah. We've got to stand up and fight. You know, I was a, I was a little bit of a rocker back in my youth. And, you know, I wasn't a heavy metal guy, but uh, there was a song that says you've got to fight for your right uh, to party. In this case, you've got to fight for your right to be Dixie. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, this is uh, actually anonymous caller. How are you today? Oh, no, I have a name. It's it's Jan, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, I'm Jan. I'm going to go turn off the radio real quick. Okay, no worries. Appreciate you calling in today. It's good to hear your voice oh. sound like a voice of reason. Well, I hope so. I hope I've lived long enough to have a little bit of reasonable thinking. So anyway, um, <clears throat> back to the Dixie argument. Yeah. And, uh, um, and I... Uh, I love Dixie. I'm a transplant, 45 years. 45, and, wow. um But I have to tell you, I have a point of view that might matter because I was, um, I was in high school in the 60s, and all the racial things were going on in our country then, and, um, and about one-third of my friends were people of color, and there were, you know, kids that wanted to date interracially and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, I was very anti-anything racist. I read more books. I did more studying, even about apartheid in South Africa. I knew more about racism in our country than, than a lot of people. And so I have strong feelings about, about racism, any kind of racism. Mm-hmm. So I came to here to southern Utah, um, and even had even had a hard time accepting that there's some people here that have a little different culture than the one from which I came, and have had to be uh, open-minded about their uh, their backgrounds and so on. So my point is that I loved Dixie. I think Dixie is a great name. It has nothing to do with racism, and um, political correctness is just. It's just a sad thing that we've been having to deal with in our country. And and thanks, Sandy. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you calling today, Jan. Good to hear from uh, you today. All of you today that have called in to the program, um, I, I just, you know, th- that that editorial from the Tribune. Now, I've, full disclosure, I worked for the Tribune uh, for a couple of years early in my career. Uh, I Actually, three years in Logan, I covered the Utah State Aggies for the Tribune. 
they then hired me in a up in Moscow, Idaho, to work. They own a paper. It was called the Daily News up up in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, I was in what you call in the system. I was basically one call up from going to the Salt Lake paper. So I worked for the Salt Lake paper part-time, and then they put me at the Daily News. I was full-time, and I was one phone call away from being bumped up to the Tribune. I actually had the publisher of the Tribune call me once, and he said, he said, we really like what you're doing, son. You just keep it. And I was young. You can call me son. I was 20, you know, 25 years old, 26 years old. And uh, he said, we really like what you're doing, son. You keep it up, and you'll be up here, and you'll be back in Salt Lake in no time. Uh, I spent nine months in Moscow, Idaho, hated uh, about uh, – let me put it this way. I, I spent a happy month in Moscow, Idaho. Unfortunately, I lived there for nine months. Uh, so I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Uh, and uh, I, I got out of the system, as they say, at the Salt Lake Tribune. So I did work for them for a while. Uh, but since then, uh, I've worked for other newspapers. It's not a bias. It's not a Mitt Romney. Oh, I got beat, so I'm not, I, I don't like them anymore. It's not like that. I've, I felt like from the get-go, and it's, you know, they're cartoonists, the Bagley guy, and you know, they're, they're columnists. Salt Lake Tribune has always been the kind of an academically, they think they're better than all of us. I felt that from them for 25 years now. And this editorial condemning the Dixie name is another example of people who think that they know what's right for you. I'm 54 years old. I don't need, you know, somebody telling me what's right and what's wrong. I already know that. I gained that through experience. And for the Tribune to tell me and tell all of us Dixie is racist and you got to get rid of it. Ooh, that just burns me. We'll see you Monday.